0: Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassCenter.com. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. This is episode 181. Discipline in the Elementary Music Classroom. I am a member of several groups... And forums online that all deal with general music whether it be elementary or middle school and in some cases even high school I also mentor and consult several teachers who hire me to help them with various things that they need assistance with. And I have to say the one topic that seems to come up most often is discipline. Because discipline in the general music classroom is far different than any other class and here's why when you're dealing with students who play instruments in most situations they're playing the instrument on a volunteer basis in other words at the very least they probably chose their own instruments they may be in the ensembles or in the classes against their will as they get a bit older and are forced to be in there by their parents and the same thing holds true with chorus i've had a lot of people who've checked in and said they're having all different types of behavior issues with chorus the only thing with chorus is that a lot of chorus situations the rehearsals don't take place During the actual school day. They'll take place before school, after school, or during recess or special type periods throughout the course of the day. Sometimes, and actually more often than not, the chorus is not even graded in any type of way, so you can't even necessarily hold students accountable in that regard. I know for most of the situations I've been in, in which I've taught uh, students over the years, many of them did not even receive any grades, so I really couldn't even hold that. But I wanted to speak about that for a minute. I've, I've had many people who have said that they want to try to take out behavior through grades. Now, the first thing is you have to be careful with this because. There are administrations who will not allow you to do such a thing. You actually cannot include behavior as part of a student's grade because they treat it no differently than you would have in an academic class. It doesn't matter whether this is right or wrong. That's not important. The important thing is that you're doing whatever the administration, the Board of Education wants you to do. You need to follow those rules. But let's say you have a situation where that's not the case and you could potentially take it out on a person's grade. Do you want to? And I think that's something really worth asking. I hold my students accountable in terms of their grading, but I really don't do it in terms of behavior. I mean, the only time that behavior would become an issue is if the person was incredibly disruptive every single rehearsal to the point that they weren't getting the work done. Because the behavior then is actually not the primary thing you could focus on. It's the fact that they're not getting their work done during the rehearsal and or their disruption is causing others to not get their work done, including you as the director. So this is something you could hold someone accountable for. I've seen teachers in a general music situation have many different ways of dealing with discipline and i'd like to start off by saying in terms of general music now that we're off the topic of band and chorus 20 plus years of teaching i have never never given a detention made anybody come in during recess taken any type of time Away in any way, shape, or form from a, a, a recess or some type of special thing that they would have in school. 20 plus years I've never had it happen. And I'm very proud of that because I make it pretty clear to students right from the beginning that I don't believe in that type of discipline. I don't think detentions, I don't think punishments are ways to address the issue compared with other ways that you can do so. One of the big things that you have to understand about general music is the child did not choose to be in this class. And if the student doesn't like music, well, that's obviously going to be an issue. To me, the only reason that someone would not like a music class Is because they actually have something with their hearing, some type of sensitivity in which maybe loud sounds bother them. I've had very rare situations I've had that where that's been the case. And the only other situation was because the student had a bad experience with a prior teacher. Outside of that, I don't think I've ever had a student who's come in and says I hate music so if they're coming into your classroom and I, I have to assume having taught for so long that they didn't hate music dislike music have any issues with music before they entered your classroom I think you can probably figure where I'm going with this. You probably will need to take a look at yourself. You probably need to take a look at how your class is being run in terms of how fair you are as a teacher, how you are perceived by the other students, the material that's being taught in class, your connections with the students. What types of relationships have you forged in the time you've been with them? Because that, my friends, that's the whole key ingredient, the secret ingredient to success. Is the relationships that you are able to establish between you and your students so every student feels important on some level? There are always going to be students that are going to be quiet, there are always going to be students who are going to be middle of the road, there are always going to be students who raise their hands, there are always going to be students who are looking for attention. There are always going to be students who are outright troublemakers. There are always going to be students who have specific plans in place due to whatever conditions they have, which would come in the forms of 504s or IEPs. Special accommodations that need to be made this is always going to be there you cannot get around it it's what you do with that material and being able to differentiate and being able once again to connect to the students let's take early in the school year now I know this is not great if you're listening to this episode now and you might be already several months into your school year but let's take the beginning of the school year let's assume that your first class you're not really gonna have any problems which is not entirely true by the way I've had many first classes walk in where kids walk in with no fear Even in situations where the school is new for them, first time ever being in the school and they're fearless walking in. What I do is I take stock and I just get an idea of what type of seating arrangement I'm going to need to establish to avoid potential issues in the classroom so hopefully you figured out a seating arrangement students in general certainly do not care for the gender specific seating arrangement that boy girl type of arrangement a lot of them do not like that very much the reality of the situation is that it usually works not always but it usually works So your seating arrangement is a big deal. I will take stock of who needs to sit directly in front of me. Who are are the people who are going to be in the corners of the room, meaning the back corners of the room. Let's say I were to have two or three rows of students. And the second or third row, we consider those each end to be a corner. Your two most problematic students, you'll probably want to put in that area. However, you have to be careful because you may have students who have specific things beyond this behavior issue they're having where they can't sit there and that makes things even more challenging for you, of course. Be that as it may, you chatter your people, you're certainly going to want them to be separated. Immediately, when you start to see students talking, you need to address it, but you don't address it in the classroom. You need to, to get it Done effectively. You must take the student off to the side, or the students off to the side. This may or may not be during the course of the classroom. If I have a situation where student where the, the, the behavior is actually that serious and it's that much of a problem, oh I'll I'll take the student right outside. Right away obviously keeping in mind that you need to have an eye on the student and an eye on the class at the same time. But I very simply say to the student, okay, why are we out here? It's the first thing you need to do. Not start yelling at the student. And yelling is not going to get you anywhere, by the way. If you turn to yelling in class, you lose control of the class. I don't care. I, I have heard teachers say well when i yell it always gets the message across no it doesn't all you've done when you've yelled is you've intimidated them in some way shape or form and 99 times out of 100 they are not going to get it and they're going to think less of you and they're going to look at you more like one of their parents and that's not what your job is Your job is not to be a parent. You are a teacher and there's a big difference. And teachers who are parents need to be super careful that the way you're speaking to students in your classroom is not the same way you'd be treating children at home. So when you bring them out and you speak to them off to the side, Here's how I go about saying it. I will start off by saying, why are we outside? If they say something ridiculous like, well, I don't know. Obviously, they do know why they're outside. So I will then say, okay, let's try this again. Let's not be silly. What's the reason that I pulled you outside? And then eventually they will give the answer and talk about what they've done. One of the lines that I say very frequently is, Am I a bad person? I say it straight to them. Am I a bad person? No. Have I done anything mean to you? No. Have I been disrespectful to you in any way since you've been in my classroom? No. Have you ever had anyone get upset with you? And you don't want to say teacher, just want to say anyone. If you've ever had anyone get upset with you in front of other people and it makes you feel bad or may feel, make you feel embarrassed. And the answer almost undoubtedly is yes. Once you have done that, you can then say to the student, Did you notice how I handled this situation with you? Nobody even knows we're having this discussion. They don't know what we're talking about. And they may think that you're in trouble, but I can make it seem when we go back in class like you're not in trouble at all. And I wanted to congratulate you on something outside, but it was in private and it's not any of their business. When you have this type of discussion with a student, they're never going to forget. They're always going to remember the respect you had for them as a human being. Does this mean that their their behavior is going to be perfect the rest of the way? Absolutely not. Certain students are still going to be an itch. They're just going to be that itch that you just want to scratch constantly. Because they, some of them just have so many things going on that are so beyond our control that are, in some cases, well, I hate to say it, but some horrible things that some of these children are going through and that they've seen and things that they shouldn't know about or shouldn't have witnessed at such a young age. I've had situations where children are coming in to the school where I'm I'm working, and there's a bad divorce that's going on. There's a single parent situation where that one parent is just not around much. Or, unfortunately and sadly... Uh, There are situations involving all different types of forms of abuse. So you don't know what that child has gone through. You don't know necessarily if that child didn't eat in the morning. So there's so many different things that factor in. And you need to be understanding and you need to be sensitive. And you need to do your research and find out as much as you can. If a student continues to act out. what One of the things that I will do. Is I'll make a phone call home. But I won't make the phone call home. To let someone know. How awful their child is. I mean I would never say it that way. But I would make the phone call home. To say hi. This is who I am. And. I wanted to let you know how much I enjoy teaching your daughter, enjoy teaching your son. And then after they faint or drop the phone because they can't believe you just said that, when in actuality, the child probably has had some less than favorable interactions, which has come in from the school in the past. You can then go on and say, With that said, we've had a few moments in class. It's nothing to worry about. It's not the end of the world. But I just wanted you to be aware. And any way that you can help me out, I'd appreciate it. Now what you've done is you have been a good human being to the student who remembers. That student will not forget. Will not forget. Now you followed up with their caretaker, the person who is most involved in his or her life outside of school. Now those two people are going to talk. And I can guarantee you, you will be held in very, very high regard for the conversations you had with both of them. Chances are the behavior will improve. Again, it's never going to be perfect. If you really think about it, did you really want it to be perfect? Because the type of classes I don't like are the ones where students just sit there quietly, they're my least favorite classes. I like children who stir the pot. I like children who are energetic, who have things to contribute, who keep the flow of the class going. I cannot stand being in a situation where I ask questions and the students sit there and they don't raise their hands. They don't even get involved in the class. Those are the worst. Because when they don't get involved, we don't know what they have learned we can't do our proper assessments and all the paperwork that we need to do as part of our teaching occupation cannot be done appropriately so in terms of your discipline in the general music classroom these are some pretty basic things that i've gone through yet I find so many teachers who have not done these different types of things. I think absolutely one of the most important things is that when children speak about you, you are perceived, you are thought of by the student body as being a nice human being, a fair human being, and a darn good teacher. And when you have that going for you, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. But just remember one thing, and this is, you can't forget this because too many people forget this. We have our moments as human beings. We have our moments where we just need to let loose. And what I mean by that is when you leave work at the end of the day, And let's just say you don't have a family to go home to. And you don't have kids. You may not even be married. And it's Friday night. Are you spending your Friday night and your Saturday Saturday night just huddled up in your home? Not doing much of anything? Which is fine. Or do you find yourself going out different places, maybe doing some things that you wouldn't necessarily want your students knowing about. Just like you want that type of downtime and playtime for yourself, never forget, we're dealing with children here. And they need to have downtime. They need to have silly time, no matter what the age is. So if you balance, you find a healthy balance between all the things that you want to accomplish and having that one day every once in a while where you just, you let your guard down a little bit and just break a little bit from that curriculum and do something that could be absolutely music related. But not so tied down to every single second of the curriculum. And you rationalize it and you justify it to your administrator. And you say, as an example, maybe some type of big event just happened. Maybe, I don't know, the Super Bowl just occurred. And the halftime show was on something that a lot of kids probably saw. Maybe you want to show them a few minutes of it. That's fun. That's different. Or playing a, a song that may have nothing to do with your current curriculum, just to do something just a little bit different. And just take a few minutes away from the task that you have, that you, you have at hand. When you do this, it's going to make your class and if hand in hand, if you're a band or choral director, it's gonna make that even better. Think about this just for one second. Our educational system is so screwed up right now. Because the thought process by so many is if math scores are failing and language arts scores are failing is to put students in class more. Spend more time doing those subjects. The answer is less. When we say less... You got to make very, very productive use of the time, but what you do is you balance it out with the things that take their minds off of everything. So you allow them that moment for if you're they're in the middle of a my goodness a a, a, a very very long uh, rehearsal or a long class where the the, let's say it's it's 80 minutes long i don't know if you have situations like that but if any of you do have that i can't even imagine doing a rehearsal with children for 80 minutes that's crazy you got to break it up have to break it up you need to take time off they need to have some time to stretch they need to have some time to just outright socialize and just be kids and then when you bring them back together Oh, they will so appreciate you for that. Because most other people don't do it. All of these little things, when you do this, they are going to love you for it. They're going to respect you so very much. And in turn, with having so much respect for you, When the time comes that you're going to rehearse, the attention is going to be there. And you're not wasting time asking so-and-so to be quiet. And you're not wasting time waiting for everyone to be quiet so you can start to rehearse. Because you are viewed as the good guy or the good gal. I hope this gets you excited. I hope it has opened up some avenues for you and some channels to th- think about and to explore with your teaching. Because we are such specialized teachers And what we're able to do every day with these children is truly a gift. But it can really become a nightmare if we don't do it correctly. Remember, like I said early in the episode, before the first day they entered your room, chances are they really enjoyed music Or they had a bad experience with the previous teacher. But I've had so very few children who came into the class closed-minded, thinking about how much they hated music. The same cannot be said for some other subjects where children struggle mightily. And unfortunately, may always struggle that absolutely does not have to be the case in music it should never be it doesn't mean that everybody is going to be spectacular at it but there is definitely the potential for everyone to be successful to a point please i with this particular topic i strongly encourage you to contact me directly all my information is at my website, uh, BrassCenter.com. Uh, you can find me in so many different types of ways. Like I said, I, I do a lot of consultation and mentoring with, with various people about these topics. And one of the things that I definitely feel that I do specialize in uh, is my classroom discipline and classroom management. There's so many different strategies I've employed over the years. This is just scraping the surface And I hope that this can be uh, helpful in some way to you. Uh, As always, if you could please pass the information along, share the episode with others. Uh, That's the greatest uh, flattery uh, and compliment of all for me as a podcaster. I wish you all the best in your general music classrooms.